Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Lord. I don't know if you noticed, but there was a theme to the songs today. It was a lot about his presence. It was a lot about his glory. Oh, thank y'all, worship team. Y'all are good. I'll, y'all can stay and just play the whole time I preach. That would be pretty cool. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, like those olden days, with the, you know. But I, I wanted to talk to us t- today about, there's a song that we've been singing in the past few services, and it's something that I feel like a, lo- a lot of us don't have a revelation about. And I say that because I'm getting a revelation about it more and more. Um, having been a, a young girl who grew up in church, I went to church at nine years old for the first time, and I was saved at four, but we didn't go to church until I was nine. And, and when I walked in the doors, um, it was before revival had come to the church, but this church knew how to worship. It was over with the Baileys at Victory Church, and I remember walking in I had never really, you know, experienced this before, but I walked in and everybody had their hand raised or they were dancing or they had a tambourine or they were twirling and there was, there was singing and people were joyful and the, the power and the presence of God was there. And I, re, I remember being like, huh, and I looked around and I just watched what people were doing. And so, you know, my sister and I, we were so silly. We had so much fun. We would just join in. And, and we said, oh, we're, we're dancing in the aisles. We're dancing in the aisles. And we would just twirl. And anybody remember the Pentecostal hop? This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Y'all remember this? You'd have your little skirt on and you'd pump up your skirt. Okay, praise the Lord. But we, we call that the Pentecostal hop, right? Or you do the little roundabout, right, where you jump in the aisles. But, man, I tell you, worship, it was just we showed up. We showed up, and we worshiped. Like, what we're doing right here is a little sleepy. We're a little sleepy here. We need, we need to amp it up. We need to, can we get some bigger aisles? I mean, come on. We need some bigger aisles. But what was amazing is that we, were, we maybe looked like complete fools to, to the naked eye, but to the Lord, he was being pleased. And what happened, I'll never forget, as especially when revival hit, I was able to have worship as a vehicle that gave me access to the glory of the Lord. Worship. Especially with Rodney Howard Brown, I'll never forget, services would start at 7. He wouldn't get up until sometimes 9 o'clock. We would worship, and we would worship, and we would worship, and I'm like, wow, we're worshiping a really long time. He had a revelation that worship was a vehicle to access the glory of the Lord. Nine o'clock, he'd start preaching. No, maybe that was the offering. No, 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 the offering would be at maybe 8.30, preaching at 9. By maybe 10.30, there would be a thick glory, a weight in the room. But it started with worship. It started with worship. And you didn't show up to Rodney's meetings late because then you wouldn't get a seat. You had to come early, right? We would line up. We would not even leave the parking lot. We would bring our food and we would wait outside the doors from morning till evening. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. That's a pursuit of his glory because we knew if we were just showed up, everyone say just show up, that the glory was going to be there. The glory was going to be there. 
because we came hungry, because we were ready to do the deed. We were ready to roll up our sleeves, put on our big boy pants and our big girl pants, and get to worshiping. We knew, guess what was going to happen? The glory. Now, what's so interesting, we're, we're going to read the scripture, and we sang about it earlier. It's what's happening in heaven is the glory of the Lord is permeating the entire atmosphere and all the creatures in heaven, the angels and the saints, are worshiping because that's what you do when you experience the glory of God. So let's go to Revelation 5, 11 through 14. And I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you that your word is living and active that you meet every single person right where they're at today, where they're stuck, I pray they get unstuck. Lord, where there is a cloud, I pray that there would be clarity. Lord, where there is confusion, Lord, I ask that you would come and give answers. Lord, where they have been unable to break through, Lord, I pray for breakthrough today. I pray for revelation knowledge of your word to penetrate each one of our hearts. Give us ears to hear. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Woo! That's a good, that's a good song. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Everyone say every creature. In heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea. Whoo. Then we got it all covered. All that is in them saying to him who sits upon the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And they fell down and worshipped. What did they do? They fell down and worshipped. So this is what they do. You're just like, well, what are we going to do? This is what we're going to do. We're going to be doing this. But we don't have to wait. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't have to wait. Woo! Nope. And, you know, I just want us to talk about the glory of the Lord today. And not just the glory, but the weight. Everyone say the weight. Sometimes you don't realize the weight of his glory until you don't have it. We've had people enter our worship times here today. You know, this, these days they've come in and they said, I, I, I thought I didn't think I was going to feel that again. You don't realize sometimes you've lost the weight of his glory until you're reintroduced to it and you're like, whoa. That's precious. You know what I'm saying? Has anybody ever experienced losing an opportunity and then coming back in and you're just like, oh, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I've been in the desert and I'm not going back. It's the weight, the weight of his presence. It's tangible. It's actually something you can feel. Now, this is what's so cool about the glory of the Lord is we were created to pursue it. We were created to enjoy it. We were created to give it. We were created to give God his glory. Think about that. 
How can you give God his glory when he already has it? We don't have to. He has given us access. He has allowed us to participate in him giving himself glory. That's so cool. He doesn't need our help, y'all. He just is. He just is glory. I mean, he's just glory. He just wakes up every day because he doesn't sleep, and he's just glory. But he says, hey, Rachel, buddy. Hey, Abigail. Hey, Ryland. Do you want to participate in my glory? I'm going to let you join me in the most favorite thing that I love to do. Give me glory. You know, God is allowed to be like that. Only God. We're not allowed to be like that. It's both to give him glory and behold it. That's what we were created for. We were created to what? Give him glory and behold it. His glory. I'll never forget the first time that I was overcome physically with the glory of the Lord to where I couldn't stand up. I was 12 years old. It was 1994. And I went in to church like a regular 830 service. And Pastor Frank had just gotten back from revival services in Texas. And I didn't recognize the man because he wasn't red, spitting on everybody and angry. And I was like, who's that? He's smiling. He's laughing. Is he on something? I'm not kidding. I was like, whoa, this dude is different. I was like, is that Pastor Frank? You know, normally he was like, ah, and this time he was like, ha, 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 ha. And he was laughing, and he's like, come on up. Come get some of the Holy Ghost. Get under the spout where the glory comes out. He didn't say that. Rodney says that. And so I wanted, I was like, ooh, that looks like fun. That looks like fun. He's having fun with Jesus. I want to go have fun with Jesus. So I ran to the altar. I'll never forget. I may have been the first. It didn't matter. I was definitely the last because I got up to that altar, and the glory of the Lord was so thick. I don't even remember Pastor Frank even praying for me. I just remember the glory of the Lord was so thick. Y'all, there was like 20 people there, okay? I fell out under the power of God, and I began to be undone, undone. I couldn't get up. My parents had to carry me out. When I was 12 years old, I looked just like this. I was an early bloomer. My dad's walking out the church with me like this. I can't walk. I can't even, like, come to. I am done for hours. When we got home from church, I'm telling you, and that was it. That's, that's the end of my story. I decided, I was like, I want to pursue with everything I do. Did I fail? Did I sin? Do I fall short? Absolutely. Do I act like a heathen sometimes? Absolutely. Who else in here? Do you sin? Do you fall short? Of course, we all do. But man, I, I'm going to, with everything I have in me, I'm going to pursue the presence and the weight of his glory. And that this word, I want to talk about it. This word glory in the Hebrew is kabod, and it actually means weight. The word glory means what? Weight. It's not even the weight. It's like the weight of his weight. You could take out the word glory and you could say what? The weight of his weight. When he comes on you, when that glory shows up, you're like, he's here. He's here. God's here. 
I never, I'll never remember, never forget another time. I was in Taiwan, and the Lord was giving Jamie and I a word to move back here. And I began to pray. I was by myself, which never, ever happens. But I was by myself in the apartment in Taiwan, and I just began to pray. I found myself on the ground. I don't even know how I got there. And I started seeing a vision. And I felt literally the tangible presence of God in the room. I was terrified anyone opened my eyes. It was, I had goosebumps. I, I, the Holy Spirit was moving. He showed me a vision. He said, y'all are moving back to America. You're going to start a church. And he showed me Josh. And I had never met Veronica before. I just know she was really half his size. That's all I knew. It was Josh and this other half-sized person. And I didn't even know her name. And he said, they're going to be a part of your church plan, and they're going to be part, a crucial part of your church. I, Josh and I didn't talk. He also said, you're going to help your parents. You're going to build, get a property, and you're going to build a house on your property for my parents. They just moved in a few weeks ago. And the Lord said, I'm sending, I'm sending you all back. I'm going before you. I have a plan, and I have a purpose. Glory. I was worshiping. Was I worshiping? Yes, I was worshiping. And God showed up. I didn't, I was on my face. I wasn't getting up. There was a weight of his weight. <sighs> y'all getting that? The weight of his glory. Why am I talking about this? I'm a worshiper, y'all. I'm not just a worshiper like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian worshiper. That's my job. If I have a job description in the kingdom of God, it's worshiper. I'm not any different than you, except I have to actually lead people into worship. So I have to be a worshiper. I can't just worship on Sunday. I have to worship God with my life. Trust me, the presence of the Lord would not be showing up if people who are leading people in worship are not worshiping people with God with their life. It's a, we have to lay it all down. We have to pursue his glory. We have to want his glory. We have to give him glory every day. This isn't about Sunday strumming my guitar, singing majesty. Oh, isn't that a pretty song? No. This is about actually beholding his majesty. This is a topic that I, if, if, if I could give you anything, I would want to take the, the desire and the pursuit and the sacrifice. I'm going to say sacrifice because it is. It's, we are living sacrifice. It's a daily sacrifice of what it requires of us because it does require something of you. If anybody tells you it, it doesn't, they're lying. It absolutely does. What it requires for us to be able to show up and his glory is there. When I come to church, I don't know about you, but when I come to church, I'm happy to see you, but I want to see Jesus. I'm happy to give you a hug, but I want a hug from Jesus. I'm happy to hear what you have to tell me, but I want God to tell me something. Are y'all hearing me today? That's what I show up for. I love you, but I love Jesus more. Can I say that? Is that allowed? Amen. The weight of his glory. There's a few places in the Old Testament and and also the New Testament in 1 Kings 8. I love this, 6 through 7. I'm just going to read a few verses in 10 through 11. This is when Solomon was dedicating the temple. And the Old Testament, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, there was a holy place where the tangible kabod, the weight of his glory, did remain But this is a time when it came down, 
And it says, the priests then brought the Ark of the Lord's Covenant as to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the place of the Ark and overshadowed the Ark and its carrying poles. Skip down to verse 10. When the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. Why couldn't they perform their duties? Because of the weight. The weight. In the weight of his presence, you're going down. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a trash talker. Are you a trash talker? If you, I'm not competitive, but I love to trash talk. I love to win, but I'm okay to lose. It's really weird. But I'm a trash talker. So like when, I'm, when we're going, like ping pong, me and Jamie, I'm like, boom, I'm like, you're going down. Like I don't, if, if I'm shaking in my boots, he'll never know it. I always lose. Uh, but I have fun losing. And I make sure he knows that I'm not afraid of you and your curveball. Praise the Lord. We're going to have a tournament, right? We're going to have a tournament. Got to get those Lambos. Did, who, did someone beat you in ping pong? Did Jack beat you? I don't know. <laughs> All right, back, back to his glory. We've deviated. I want to talk about uh, New Testament. I love this. I wrote a song about this. Revelation 1, 12 through 17. It's the song, When I Saw Him. And this is John. And he's, he's having a vision, and it's the whole book of Revelation where it begins. But it's sort of a picture of what happens when you get a glimpse of the glory of God. He says, I turned around, in verse 12, Revelation 1, 12, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in the furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. If you're ever in worship and you don't know how to picture Jesus, you can do this. You can picture him like this. It's pretty awesome. In his right hand, he had seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Verse 17, when I saw him, what happened? I fell at his feet as though dead. I love this. He placed his right hand on me. He says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Woo! There was a tangible weight that came upon John when he saw the glory of Jesus. He saw it with his eyes, and it says that he fell as dead. There was a weight. You're like, well, I don't want to fall as dead. That's the problem. Look to your neighbor and say, that's the problem. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So why should we even want to pursue his glory? You're like, well, that's good for John, and that's great for them. And, yeah, that's great for this person next to me that obviously they're having an encounter with God, but psh, I don't feel anything. So why am I even wanting to pursue this glory 
And like I said earlier, we were made to live and move in his glory, to give, what is it? To give him glory and what? Behold his glory. I want you to think about it. When we set aside this temporal, temporary, fading, natural life, allow our spirit, just a minute, everyone say a minute, to actually see God, feel God, hear God, we're doing the very thing we were created to do. We're allowing ourselves to be satisfied. How many of you have found yourself dissatisfied with some of the things you spend the most of your time doing? Many of us. There's this dissatisfaction, right? But the thing we do the least, which is pursue, hello, and spend time in his glory is the thing that actually satisfies. Blows my mind. I'm the same. We're allowing ourselves to be satisfied, not by worldly, fleshly desires, but we're being satisfied by God himself. And this is, what my, this is my resolve. I don't want to wait to get to heaven to go there into his presence. I don't want to wait. There's songs, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away, right? How many funerals have I sang that song at? Plenty. I love that song, but I'm like, I'll fly away right now. Thank you very much. I'll fly away. See all you later. Me and Jesus have an appointment. Don't mess with me. I'm like, come on. I'm like, I'm ready. I'm like, me and Jesus, we can, we can just, me and Jesus. Like, y'all want to know why I don't open my eyes when I lead y'all? It's not because I don't want to look at you. I got I to gotta focus on Jesus. I got to focus on Jesus. When you're here worshiping, don't be looking around. Don't, okay, is anyone else raising their hand? Okay, they raise their, okay, now I'm going to raise their hand. Okay, her hands are here, so I'm going to put my hand here. Oh, look, that one has their hands up high, so I'm going to do this. Oh, oh, look, she went to the front, so maybe I can go to the front. Stop it. We have got to get our eyes on Jesus. <laughs> I know what's going on through your head. That person over there is singing kind of loud. I don't want to sound like them. They're kind of off key. It's true. <laughs> Y'all. Look, I, I'm going to say this real quick, and then I'm going to get off of this. We give the wrong things glory. Can I just talk about this for one second? I feel like I needed to say this. Whatever you speak most of, whatever you dwell most on, whatever is the why you make your decisions, you are giving that glory in your life. What does glory mean? Thank you, Abigail. What does glory mean? Wait. Think about it. What are you giving weight in your life? Where's your stock? What are you sowing into? What's coming out of your mouth? Where's your thoughts? You're giving that thing, what? Glory. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. That's like, whoo, Jesus, I need to repent. Lord, forgive me. Sometimes we give the devil glory. You know that? Are you giving offense, addiction, rejection, pain, fear, anxiety, sickness? Look, we give sickness a lot of glory. Lack, the devil, 
Are we giving these things glory? What does glory mean? Wait. How many of you are getting a revelation today? Come on. Wave your, your hanky at me. We'll do the Pentecostal hat. Preach it. Giving God. Look, giving God glory is not just something we do at the end of the Super Bowl. I just want to I just want to give God glory for all the things. It's all to God. Everybody's a Christian after the Super Bowl. I'm amazed. I mean, I'm glad they're giving God glory, but we got to give glory as they curse. Bleepity bleepity bleep. I just want to give God glory. I just want to give him, you know, who knows, Lord have mercy what they're doing. But can we give God glory when we don't have the camera in front of us and the microphone and we just won the Super Bowl? We need to give glory to God. Are you hearing me? I just think it's so funny. I'm just like, I just think that's so. Everybody's a Christian. Praise the Lord. So what is stopping us? Listen, what is stopping us? I'm not making fun of those people because I love it. I I just thought it was, it's, it's, okay, maybe I'm maybe making fun of just a little bit, but forgive me. I I shouldn't say I'm not because I think I actually am. Forgive me. Forgive me. I know I love, I love football. And I love to win the Super Bowl. What is stopping us from accessing or pursuing his glory? There's something stopping us, right? There's a wall. We come and we're just like, boom. We're like, boom. And it's like, you can go no further. You're banging. You're knocking. Hello, God, where are you? You're showing up. You think you're showing up. You open your Bible. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. Where am I going to read today? Yep, that's a good spot. Yep. <sighs> Done. Or we don't even read the Bible. We read our, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm just, I'm just saying, we read our devotional, which is awesome. Read your devotional. It has the one scripture, which is awesome. Read your one scripture. And then I love, I love Oswald Chambers. I love all my little devotionals. But we're not reading our Bible. We got to read our Bible. But praise the Lord, start with your devotional. Start there. But we're not accessing. There's something stopping us. Am I, am I the only one that's experienced this before? The weight. What, there, there's something that, that God's glory. I have to talk about this because the weight is accomplishing something in our life. And it, I'm telling you, if you're not accessing God's glory, it's not his fault. We have to start there. Not God, where are you? It's no Christina, where are you? You've got to stop. We've got to stop saying, God, you're not showing up. No, it's Christina. You're not showing up. We've got to turn that thing around, and we've got to start asking ourselves, okay, I'm not doing something right. God's doing everything right. He's done it. It's accomplished. I'm not showing up. I've got to figure out how to show up. You know what I'm saying? So I want to talk about this. If something is heavy upon you, think about weight. What do you do? I said it earlier. You what? You go down, right? If something is heavy upon you, this going down, this humbling is not always fun. When you go into the glory of God, when you show up and the presence of the Lord is there, there is a humbling. We decrease and he what? He increases. It says that the elders fell down, and all of them, they did what? They fell face down, and they worshiped. John beheld him, and what did he do? He fell face down 
as though dead. The priests couldn't even perform. You know what they were doing? They were down under the weight of his glory. John the Baptist, Paul the Apostle, they said this, you must increase and I must decrease. This is not beating yourself up. This is beholding his glory. It accomplishes that in your life all by itself. As we behold him, we are humbled. Now, this is interesting because sin in man is exposed in God's glory. It's exposed. If you're in the darkness, you think you're good. You're like, I'm good. How many of you ever said, I'm good? No, I'm good. No, really, I'm good. You're good because where are you not? In his glory. When you show up in his, when you show up and God's glory is there, trust me, you're like, I'm not good. I need you, God. I need to repent. I need more of you. Wow, okay, that's not, that's not, I can't stay in there. That's not okay, what's going on in my heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing that to me. That's scary. These are the things that are coming out of your mouth. And why do people run away from it? Because they don't want to be humbled, exposed. They don't want the sin to be as ugly as it actually is. You know, sin is ugly. Sin is so ugly. The devil likes to paint sin as so pretty. We just watched The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And that white witch, C.S. Lewis did a good job. She's tall. What's her name, that actress? I know, she's in everything. I like her. She, her this actress, she's beautiful. She's tall. And she's like, oh, come and I'll make you prince. What do you want? Turkish delight. She's like, come. I need an heir. And she was so evil and crafty. Oh, my goodness. I know we're all trying to figure out who she is. Oh, it's aggravating me. But that sin, I'm telling you, it's ugly. The devil makes it pretty because he lives in the dark. You go spend time in God's glory, and your sin is going to look ugly. And you're going to have a decision to make. Am I going to repent Am I going to allow the Holy Spirit to come and wash me clean? Am I going to allow the Lord to come and do a work in me? Or am I going to run away from the glory? There was a man who we all know in Luke 5, 8, when he beheld the glory of the Lord because of a miracle that Jesus did in his life when he said, cast your net on the other side. And he brought in a catch larger than he had ever brought in. His response was not, Oh, Jesus, forgive me, save me. I want to follow you all the days of my life. I want to leave this wretched business, and I want to serve you and do nothing else but follow you. Is that what he said? Nope. He beheld the glory of Jesus, and what did he say? Depart from me. I am a sinful man. His response to the glory of God was, go away from me. That's just the reality of humanity. We have a decision when we have that glory. Why do we not access it? We're talking about the roadblocks. We're talking about why do I not access it? It's a three-letter word, and we can all say it. Sin. This three-letter word you can say. Sin. Sin. Now, pride is right there. Me and the ladies, we've been talking all about sanctification. At the root of every single sin 
is pride. Pride is when we, not low, but we do what? We rise up. I think of the very first sin, Adam and Eve. Pride. Root of every sin. Oh, I'm a humble person. No, you're not. We're, look, it's pride. So in his glory, as we come and we seek the face of God, we pursue it. We pursue it. That's humbling. That's humbling. When you show up on Wednesday night church, when you show up on Tuesday women's, or you show up on men's on Saturday, you show up on Thursday, or you show up on Friday house group, or you show up on Sunday, or you show up on an outreach, look, we got lots of opportunities around here. That's, look, that's just like saying, hey, psh, I need help. There's people that always show up at everything. They don't show up at everything because they're bored. They show up at everything because they're like, psh, I need help. I just need to be here. I just need to be here because when I'm not here, it's not pretty. I'm not my best self. I start to manifest like the devil himself. So I want to talk real quick about this Old Testament because this is connected to New Testament. There was a bronze altar. And at the very beginning of the Old Testament tabernacle, the way the, what Moses was given from the Lord, it was very specific. It was a copy. Everyone say a copy. A copy of what? It was a copy of the tabernacle that was in heaven. In Revelation and also in Hebrews, it tells us that Jesus actually went into the holy place, which was in heaven, and he offered his blood once and for all as our high priest so that we could then have access to salvation. There is a holy place in heaven. So this tabernacle on earth that was given to Moses was a what? Copy, okay? So at the very front of it, was this bronze altar. So the first thing when you walk in, there's this big altar. And who remembers this in our, our um, play? Remember we had the bronze altar and they were coming in to slaughter the lamb. And we talked about how that Jesus is the lamb that was slain. So we no longer have to do that. Well, this is, this is us. You all ready? So the bronze altar represents the cross. It represents Jesus dying on the cross so that we can have access to his presence. So we show up at the bronze altar, and we're all excited. Yay, there's redemption. There's a way. I, I can see ahead of me the holy place. I can see past me the most holy place. I'm going for it. Yes, we show up at the bronze altar. We forget our sins. We get our sins forgiven. We believe this is what we do. Pretend this is the bronze altar. We live our life. Not much changes. So instead of moving on into the holy place, we start doing what to this bronze altar? We come back to enter his presence, and where are we starting back over at? Oh, hello, bronze altar. Yes, I actually changed nothing. I thought I repented, but I acted like a complete and utter fool and heathen this week, and I have no idea what came over me, but... Jesus, can you please forgive me? And Jesus says, yes. So we continue on, and we're like, all right, I'm going to do it different. I'm going to do good. I'm going to do good. Oh, shoot. Here I am again, sinning. Oh, and I go back to church, and I'm like, all right, this is not fun. 20 years later, what are you doing? You're circling what? And you're like, I get a glimmer. That guy got to go in. Why did that guy get to go in? I'm stuck 
at the bronze altar. I'm stuck. I'm stuck here. I'm thankful for it. But every time you come into worship, what are you doing? Jesus, oh my gosh, forgive me. I'm such a wretched person. I'm so thankful for your mercy. And we're just stuck. We're there. We're here. We're just here at the bronze altar, which is awesome. I love the bronze altar. But guess what? Look to your neighbor and say, there's more. Because the glory is not, I'm just telling you, the glory is in the most holy place. That's where the glory is. We've got to get past the bronze altar. I just got goosebumps. Woo! We've got to get past the bronze altar. We're talking about worship. We're talking about giving. Come on. We're talking about what? Giving God glory and beholding his glory. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Was it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday. We're talking about all the days of the week. Oh, my gosh. On your phone, on your device, when nobody's looking, right? When you close the door, we're talking about giving God glory and beholding his glory, the weight. Man, I tell you, there is a weight. There's a weight. Think about it. I was trying to figure out how to say this. When you make the pursuit of God's glory, both giving it and beholding it, your why. If you make that your why, you feel a weight. A weight comes on you. It's the glory. Everyone say the glory. That glory, I mean, you, you feel it. it. It changes the way you see things. It changes the way you make decisions. It changes the way you hear things. You're like, huh. That, that sounds a little funny to me. That person's walking a little goofy. I don't think I'm going to hang out with them. I'm not really liking what I'm seeing here. I'm, I'm, I'm. There's a weight. There's a weight that starts to come upon you. It's a heaviness. It's not a burden. It's not a burden, but it is a weight. And you, you have to, we have to bear it. Listen, we have to bear the weight of God's glory, the weight of his weight. We have to bear it. It's, it, but it's not a bad thing because this is precious. Because, look, we're getting past this bronze altar. We have got to get past the bronze altar. Now, I want to talk about Isaiah. Because Isaiah, he had an encounter in, in Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. I'm going to just read it real quick. And I want us to pay attention to what happened to him. Okay, what, what happened to Peter when he beheld Jesus' glory? He did what? No thanks. He said, depart from me. I am a sinful man. In God's glory, our sin is what? Exposed. We have a decision to make. Are we going to run to or are we going to run from? Well, this is what Isaiah did. In a year of King Uzziah, uh, verses 1 through 8, Isaiah 6 it says, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. <clears throat> Again, when you're in worship and you don't know how to train your mind to focus, this is what I do. When my eyes are closed, I'm, I'm seeing Revelation 1. I'm seeing Isaiah 6. I'm, I'm telling you, it works. I'm a visual person. And so I visualize these things as they're real 
and it's where Jesus is actually seated, and it's what's actually going on in heaven. And then you'll be able to worship a lot easier. It's just a little tip. High and lifted up, and his train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, which were angels. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, two he covered his feet, and two he flew. And one called to another, what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his what? Glory. And the foundations and the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost. For I am an, a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The first thing that Isaiah said when he beheld, he did not say, holy, holy, holy. He didn't go there yet. Where did he go? His sin was exposed. You hear what I'm saying? This is important. I need you to hear this because when this happens, I don't want you to run away. I don't want you to pull away. I want you to lean in. You got to just lean into it. You just got to lean into the process and just know that it's coming and you're going to get through it. <laughs> you're going to get through it. It's not fun, but you're going to get through it. I know it's not fun to be like, whoa, I, I need help. People don't want to come to church because they don't want people to tell them they need help. People don't want to come to church because they don't want to tell people, tell them that they need to be healed. People don't want to come to church because they don't want people to say, you're a sinner. What is that called? Pride. It's pride. We are sinners. Come on, say it. I'm a sinner. Who needs a savior? We are the redeemed of the Lord. We are the righteous. But what do we do on a daily basis? Ways and praise the Lord. Isaiah's first response was, woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell around people of unclean lips. What? But he didn't run. He confessed. Hear me today. He we're talking about the glory. We're talking about giving him glory and beholding his glory in the process therein. The roadblocks. How do we get past the brazen altar? How do we go there? This is what happens. This is what, how the Lord responded. Verse 6 says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken from the tongs with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. I'm going to say this. If this is you, I want you to close your eyes because you need to hear these words. Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Your guilt is what keeps you from pursuing his glory. Guilt. I'm not good enough. I'm just going to do it again. I have some things that I wrote down and I want to read them. Because this is, really this is really important, these thoughts that we hear. And I have people say, <clears throat> well, when God shows up, I mean really shows up, then I'll repent and change my ways. I just don't see him. I just don't feel him. He's afar off. But we're going to flip that. You ready? When I show up, 
Woo! Everyone say, when I show up. I'm telling you. So we're going to have to just start owning what we're supposed to own. We're going to just have to, we're, like I said, we're going to put on our, taking off the trainer pants, taking off the diapers, taking away the milk, right? We're going to start eating some meat, and we're going to put on our big boy pants and our big girl pants, and we're going to step up to the plate, and we're just going to own it. We're just going to walk through it. We're going to persevere through the process of the Lord showing and exposing and us going, whoa, that's ugly. And just saying, go for it, God. Just go for it. Really what we're doing is we're crawling onto the altar and then we're crawling off. I think that's what we're doing. We're not actually dying. We keep getting off the altar. Praise the Lord. Actively engaging in worship. I just want to just share this really, really quick before we close. You know, showing up, what do I say when I say show up? Number one, it's having an expectation. We're just going to get real practical. When you come to church, when you show up to a connect group, when you show up in your home and you open your Bible, I want, I want you to have some expectation. It's really simple. I want you to say, wow. God's there waiting. I want you to picture the Lord waiting in his glory for you. And all we have to do is have an expectation. And whatever the Lord decides to say and reveal and show and speak, we're just going to lean in. We're just going to lean in. We're just going to let the Lord go there. And we're just going to say, Lord, forgive me. This is really simple. Let's all say it out loud. Say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I repent. There's this, there's this process. And I'm just going to say the three steps. Everyone say, we show up. We repent. And we worship. Show up. We repent and we worship. Three-step process. So let's just do this with you. If you could just close your eyes, worship team, if y'all could come on up. And I, I think we're going to sing that song, Majesty, again. I really like it because that was written by Delirious. And, and as I was writing this song, reading, writing this sermon, I felt like I needed to go back to this song. I think it was written in 2004 or something. And oh my goodness, I love it because it says, here I am. Humbled by your majesty. Here I am. I, I'm, I'm a sinner. And he walks through this process. The songwriter walks through this process of being humbled. But then he repents. He deals with the sin. And what does he now behold? His majesty. You're giving God glory. You're giving God weight. Come on. I want y'all to get this revelation. You're giving God weight in your life. When we humble ourselves. So let's do that right now. We're just going to stand to our feet and we're going to sing this song again. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, maybe you need to come. Maybe you need to come and you're like, I, I need to show up. And this, these altars are open and I'll, I'll love to pray. Maybe Pastor will pray for anybody who wants prayer today, but I, I want to invite you to come and just say, I'm going to show up today. 
I'm going to show up. And Lord Jesus, I just want to do that, Lord. I, I want to repent. I want the glory. I want the presence. I want to pursue it. I'm done circling the brazen altar. I'm ready to go to that most holy place. Lord, I want my life. I want my decisions to honor you, to give you glory. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to glorify you, Lord. I want to do it now. Yes, Lord Jesus. If that's you and you just want to come on up and you just say, Lord, I want my life to glorify you. I want, I want my decisions to glorify you. I want my worship to glorify you. Lord, I want to access the weight of your presence. I want the weight of your presence to be with me in my home. I want the weight of your presence to be with me in my car. He's here. He's here right now. He loves to be talked about. Oh, God loves it when we talk about him. He shows up when he hears his name and he knows it's, it's people who are pursuing him and seeking him. He shows up. Come on, just say his name. Just start to speak his name. Jesus. Just let that hunger stir up. Just let that hunger stir up. It's just you and Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, your glory. Your glory, the weight of your glory. Let us see you as you are. Let's just sing that. The altars are open. Just come up. Just come and just spend time with Jesus.
here today and you need to go, I just want to bless you, bless you as you go. We're just going to pray at these altars. I'm going to come and just pray for everybody who wants prayer. But if you, I just want to bless you today. Have an awesome week. We're always thankful for all of you just coming in, into the house of God. And I pray that the seeds of the word that were just sown into your heart would grow and bring forth fruit of righteousness in your life this week, that Jesus would show up in your home. He'd show up in your car. He would show up. Oh, yes, Lord, when you show up, he's going to be there waiting for you. Just open your Bible. Turn on that worship music.